Welcome to Extra Musical, the podcast where we delve into the lives, thoughts, creative process, and hobbies of musicians and other creative artists. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit www.hiddencinemarecords.com slash podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast and everything else going on at HCR, become a patron at www.patreon.com slash hiddencinemarecords. Today, we're joined by Alan Blanchard. He's known for his warm sound, strongly rooted in the jazz tradition. He's a rising trumpet player in today's jazz scene based in Nashville, and he attended Florida State University, receiving a BA and MM in jazz studies. In 2018, he was selected as a member of Jazz Aspen SOMAS Big Band Academy under the direction of Christian McBride. The following summer, he was awarded a full fellowship to study composition and improvisation with Rufus Reed, Billy Childs, and Steve Wilson as a part of the Ravinia Steam Music Institute. While not performing, Alan serves as the Director of Operations at Outside in Music, a jazz record label based out of New York City. Alan also serves as manager for Roxy Koss and Isaiah J. Thompson, as well as day-to-day manager at HBPR and management for Mishka, Jonathan Tyler, and Whelan Brothers. Let's get to the interview. Hey, Alan, thanks for uh, coming on the podcast. For sure, man. For those of you just joining us, this is the podcast Extra Musical. Uh, We're going to delve into the life, the background, the artistic process and careers of musicians and other creatives. Uh, You just heard the introduction of Alan Blanchard, but uh, we're going to delve into it right now. So, like, what's your story, Alan? Who are you? What do you do? Where are you based? Like, what's up with you? Oh, man. Um... Well, I thought many years ago I was going to be doing one thing, and then COVID happened, and that changed a lot. Um, so I'm now in Nashville, uh, Tennessee. Um, I kind of got marooned here during COVID because at the time, like my folks were living like an hour ish outside the city. Oh, um, and that so I basically graduated with my master's in 2017, mm-hmm. and then I was going to do like that normal like year to figure out where you want to live like what scene you wanted to move to um and i started doing that and then covid i think started like at the top of 2018 or something it was 2020 was it really yeah was it that was i was i just like in no man's land for that long no shot oh no no no, because i graduated with my master's in 19 19. i was like for a moment i was like like, this guy lost three years I graduated with my master's in 19, undergrad in 17. Got it. Oh Wow. I was about to feel uh, like a lazy sack, you know, like, <laughs> oh, my God. So, um, okay, so I graduated in 19, was doing the vibe. 2020 came around, shut everything down. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right after graduation, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, there was no moving to New Orleans or New York or, feel, you know, there's nothing. So I just kept moving here or, or working and such for the label, Outside Music, uh, which I'll cover in two seconds. Then it had turned out previously, like my old roommate I had lived with for like four or five years in college had previously moved to Nashville while I was doing my master's um, and he started gigging. So, you know, after COVID died down a little bit in like 2021, it was like moved to Nashville proper, uh, which is where I am now. Um, and it's just kind of been working since then so i like both my degrees are in jazz i play trumpet um i did the whole like you know thought i was gonna be a college professor vibe uh yeah. i did jazz aspen snow mass when i was in school i did ravinia when i was in school it was chill i thought i was gonna play teach college 
Um, I had been working with Nick Finzer at Outside Music, a record label for, gosh, since 2014 now. Um, and then COVID happened and it was kind of like, all right, well, I'm not playing. So we better, you know, just practice and not suck. And then I kept working at that. And like the in, the industry was cool. Well, the industry was something because like records are just being worked on so far in advance that we didn't really catch a, a lapse at that yeah. point yet. It didn't seem like it. No, 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 no. It was just, it, we just kind of kept trucking through. And then I moved to, once I moved to Nashville, like it was kind of odd because the scene, you know, and I don't fault any of the guys for this, but like when the scene started to open back up, it was less of an interest in like the new kid. It was mm-hmm. more like, let us like get the gigs for like our homies and such that I've been here for a minute that I know that have been hurting. And like, I get that completely. Um, Cause at that point I hadn't gigged yet in Nashville. Like when things shut down, like my first gig was going to be playing the horn section for something at like the Ryman. And like that gig was, was next cause of COVID. Man. And then like stuff opened back up and I was, you know, uh, this happened. And then I started working, um, really like a lot more in the industry. There's a, a publicist here, um, who now works in management too, named Heather Bond, who she's like family friends of my roommate. Well, now anyways, we became friends and such. And then she was like, would you want to start doing, uh, day-to-day management for me? And so then that kind of just like spiraled and, and like, I've been doing like a lot more, of that. So like the label and that, and then I started doing management myself. Um, and that was like the most long winded answer to say, like, I haven't played, like, I, don't, <laughs> I haven't played like I used to think I was like, I, like I did a musical, which was cool. And, and that, that was, that was about it. But like, I haven't, uh, and I've been like shedding and working on stuff, but it's just kind of been like, so caught up and like really getting, my finger like like all this industry work like my my day job yeah under control that um i haven't like led a band in 17 winters or whatever like five years six years whatever it is you know like yeah i haven't played a jazz gig since let's see the last jazz wow the last jazz gig i played was december of 2019 as uh for Ravinia's um annual like board meeting or something like as as like a private yeah but like since then like, i mean i've done sessions and like sat in and such but it's like i haven't i haven't done like a gig gig in a minute in a while yeah 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 in a while it sounds real bad now once i'm like saying it out loud but it's been i don't think minute. it sounds i don't think it sounds bad at all especially when you're uh putting it in the context of well i haven't put away my horn i'm still practicing yeah. and you're not like completely away from the scene because you to me you're heavily involved in in your scene and what well at least in like the the industry scene of what you're doing uh because uh i've communicated with you yeah tons over over the last year and a half so it to me it's really funny to to outside looking in or <laughs> ha, yeah right <laughs> now you get Sorry. it yeah. oh gosh that was that that was, i didn't mean for that to be punny uh yeah. but yeah outside looking in it, it's funny because i'm just like oh man this guy's got his finger on the pulse and you're like i oh. feel like i'm completely out of it well man it's like the more that i do the older I get, the darker I get as well. And it's just like, 
it's like I look at it and I'm like, man, there's like it's weird because I'm working in both sides of the industry, like the jazz industry, which makes no money, and then like the other side of the industry, which has money for some reason. Yeah. And so now it's like it's tough sometimes for me to look around and be like, okay, you know, I'm working day-to-day management or management for like this, like this name that's generating bills and like I'm getting paid to be a manager and such. Mm-hmm. And then like also be like, man, I really want to go lead a quintet gig. Let me be prepared to pay $400 out of pocket in case no one shows up to my gig. Exactly. Oh man. The, and the, then and now the it's just like, vibe. ah, yeah, the band leader vibe. And like, you know, I could definitely do more in like putting myself out and hopefully like, man, all I want to do is get hired as like, truly all I want to do is get hired as a side man, but I play trumpet. So like that, that is hard. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, um, you just get so much, you know, caught up in everything else. Like I know, you know, like as a teacher and such, like that you get home at the end of the day and it's like, I'm supposed to no. practice. Like I'm supposed <laughs> yeah. to practice and write and, and book a gig and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't, don't want to go do that. Record or, a podcast. Yeah. Right. So right. Or like other cats hitting you up for like, they got, you know, some fire that they need you to put out. I and mean, then it's like, okay, cool. Like I'll, you know, I'll do this tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow never comes. And it's just like, all right, cool. Yeah. I, I, before recording this episode, I was uh, editing a website and then, uh, looked at the time and went i didn't write today and i have this like timeline that i wanted so i i totally get what you mean um so like what does the the day look like i feel like in the world of marketing or not marketing but industry it can be very very like flexible and not necessarily in uh, the best way but what does like a day look like for you as someone with their foot in several worlds. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like the ideal day. And then there's the realistic day. Cause like the most, the most difficult thing. And I'll just be honest is cause like all of my jobs are self-employed. Yeah. Like not at one of them. Do I have to show up at a certain time and get something done and do whatever? It's just, it's very, they're very task oriented. Mm-hmm. So it's like, as long as you get it done, like you good. So that means like, I'm not waking up at seven in the morning to do this stuff, you know? Uh, so like if, if I could get better discipline with that, it would be very different. Uh, but I mean, normally like what I do and I'm trying to like live by this sh- for the longest time I lived by like a legal notepad. That was it. Oh, that's your, that's your organization. That was notepad. my, you make a list, you cross it off. It moves to the next day. This year I like, I've always bought a planner and then never used the planner. And so, like, this year I tried a different planner um, called the, the – it evidently has some cult following, like the Hobonichi Techo planner or something. Is that Japanese? But it is. I ordered it from Japan. Like, yeah. it has some cult following or something. But, like, the reason I want to try this is because it has, like, a month – it's, like, it's fat. Like, it's like a book. Uh, but it has, like, a monthly, a weekly, and it has a daily. So what I'm able to do is, like, make my weekly – like all my meetings and my calls and everything. But then my daily, like there's enough space for like in the top left, it has like a short like timeline for the day, mm-hmm. but then it has enough space for me to make my, my list. Yeah. And so my hope is that I make my list here and then I don't ever use my legal notepad again. So like I actually use my planner. Quick question we'll about that. Yeah. 
Did Nick Finzer recommend that to you? No, I actually brought it to him, and he can hop. Yeah, okay, normally he's so, like on top of the board with planners. So the reason I asked that is because yeah. in twenty in the winter of twenty twenty, where I was in the pandemic and yeah. trying to like you know not be sad, I was like, well, let me get my like stuff together. I want to record this big band album next year, yeah, and yeah, yeah. whatever, whatever. I, I went to outside and I, I bought one of Nick's like. Uh, workshops thing yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's that and i was like wait a minute this oh is- yeah he he i think at that time he and i because he and i like like we're real nerdy like we're one step shy of a pocket protector nerdy yeah i cool. think like yeah yeah <laughs> we were no, i uh, like it i think at that time we were using a planner called the passion planner hmm. and but it didn't work out for me but no he like i had to do this and so like the roundabout way to not answer your question my day consists of lists no i think it does and like that's that's all it is like like i have my very finite like here are my calls here are my things Mm -hmm. um and lists and so like the things that i'm trying to do actively to like 2023 resolutions here we go you know is um like there are i've i've made it a a a self-mandated mandate to start the morning with certain things before I get to work. Yeah. Because if I don't, like, I will not get to it. Like, I have a practice journal, and I, I became really adamant about a practice journal, not because, like, it helped me practice, but because it, like, helped my accountability. Yeah. Uh, and, like, honestly, I think I I <laughs> I start practicing getting the top of January, but the last date I played before that was, like, November 29th. And then, like... The next date was like January eighth. That you had was input just, in it, or that you that I had input in it, and I oh, was okay. I'm like I'm pretty accurate, and like like I write it down every time I practice. Like well, I don't care how long it is or whatever, but just because I want to be able to look back and be like, I didn't do anything, you know, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like it, like and Nick has told me this for I don't know probably a year, and I just didn't listen. But I was just like, man, I need to like. Like the things that I need to do for me have to get done first in the morning or else I will not do them because everything else just starts happening. So like in an ideal world, like I'm up, like I'm like I'm doing walk, fitness, something. And then like I'm shedding first for at least an hour every day yeah, before like anything else starts. And then I basically have just like segmented my day into my four things like the label and then working with like the two people who I directly manage, Isaiah thompson and isaiah j thompson and roxy costs and then um two phenomenal artists by the way yeah they're they killing and then and then for hbpr which is like the company i work with down here and do day-to-day management and then i have like some time slotted for um you know fire drills if you will and then i just move whatever i need to to the next day um and then you know do whatever i need to that night and really, like the uh, the other thing that I've like actively done is um, is um, like not working on the weekends. Like oh, yeah. I found that even though I was a guy for the longest time, like I would like I got no issue working. It's like it seems like a way of life. It's which is probably unhealthy, but like that's what I do. But I realized that the more time I allowed myself to work, like the less efficiently I worked. So mm. with like removing those days, 
it like made me actually work when I said I was going to work, if that makes sense. No, it's like that that one law where the, the task will di- get done in the amount of time that you set out for it to get done. So oh, giving definitely. yourself the break makes sense because you're going to get the task done in that time that you yeah. set aside. And you actually will do it rather than like, oh, I'm writing and then I pick up my phone and then I'm uh-huh. playing and yeah. Uh-huh. yeah like that makes sense. law of procrastination or something. Yeah, like, I can't that's, remember what law it is, but yeah. I have no idea. But yes, that is exactly, yes. And so <laughs> like, there's still, I mean, there's definitely still some things I do on the weekend, but um, trying to like put it within some kind, even though the industry is not and it never will be, but trying to put it in some confines of like, a nine to five ish or at least like a Monday through Friday thing like yeah has just helped when I'm actually working like doing the work and then lately what I'm trying to do is like actually put less things on my list every day yeah because like like that way that there there are some irrefutable like these are the big things that like have to happen and that is what it is but I mean you know that's that I mean a lot of my days are phone calls and emails and like you know meetings you know if we have a client in town then it could be like picking them up at 9 a.m taking them to breakfast taking them to meetings doing lunch taking them to meeting you know etc but like because like it just functions very differently in like the commercial world as opposed to the jazz world yeah um but i mean that's the bulk of my day and then you know um just working really really like there's not much structure to it, which is which is definitely dangerous. But uh, trying to self-inflict some 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 structure to like some discipline, help. yeah, yeah, structure. yeah. That would have been nice, yeah. I I I feel like I need to adopt some of those policies, but I I don't know. I'm trying to launch some stuff, so I feel like weekends are expendable for a bit. But do you have a family, like? Because I I feel like part of my thing for that is not even just time for me, but like time with my wife. Like, Yo, we single as single can be, and like, <laughs> thank God for now because I feel like I need to, you know, like not that I, I'm not looking forward to that eventually, but I feel like I need to have like a more healthy grasp on this. Yeah. That. Or like the balance of just truly, you know, like there is part of me that would love to not date somebody that's in the industry because I want to be able to like not go home and talk about work but also like dating someone that understands what my chaotic life is you know sometimes when we uh keep talking about school outside of school i'm like ah here we are again (laughs) talking Ah. about school yeah right i totally get what you mean as my wife's a teacher too so the opinions on music thing like that could be like ah i don't necessarily (laughs) want to get into all that you know but it's also it's it's nice. So no, it's really nice that all I have to like be concerned of taking care of is myself so that when I, you know, forget to eat and then it's 9 PM, I can be like, all right, leftovers, you know, I don't have like, yeah. there's nothing else like that I have to be accountable for right now. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I feel like that, that really describes some of the challenges you have with like, not just staying creative, but just staying, staying a person yeah yeah and there's like there's definitely a part of it to where like i'm out of practice with being creative Mm -hmm. because i haven't had to practice being creative you know like i haven't like i haven't written music in so long 
um you know i still like i'll shed so like, i got blow over stuff so like i'll be creative there but like i haven't worked like because i haven't been in the practice of writing in so long i haven't gotten like back into that flow of like knowing what i like and breaking down what i like and and working through it in that sense so it's like they don't it, it doesn't work you know like in some ways i've i've maybe like worked on my like producer ear somewhat yeah. because of just listening to so many records come through the label and rough drafts and this and that and and figured out some things that i enjoy there but yeah it, it's it's as weird as it seems i'm definitely somebody where i need to schedule in creative time or else it's just not it's just not gonna happen oh mine's definitely mine's scheduled in it's, a, it's like uh at least during the weekdays it's scheduled in uh for a time after school yeah uh, and i try and protect that time uh, i haven't really protected it much in the past week but like scheduling it and then making sure that i'm home to do it is a really important thing because if not then it doesn't i mean like everything gets in the way yes how does it not get in the way it's yes it's, it's the only thing that inqui- requires just you so yes yeah. well hopefully you get back into the 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 writing creativity so i mean like you you say you're not being creative but i will i will agree that like making time for yourself to practice and there's ways that your creativity comes in your industry brain that might not poke out to you as being creative but like are absolutely creative sure like definitely creative in the sense of like creativity you know or like mm-hmm. just like uh, uh such there but it, there's a um you know it's kind of like it's it's interesting because i feel so many people in this industry learn how to you know play their horn and then the rest of it comes afterwards yeah or or so many people like especially in jazz learn how to like blow and then somehow afterwards learned how to read music, you know, like they couldn't read their rhythms first or something. Yeah. And like my entire life has just been the reverse. I, I, I even though I'd never had lessons pre-college, I've like, I just always could at least read rhythms and had like good foundations, but like couldn't really blow. Yeah. And then now it's, it's like, you know, at risk of sounding arrogant. I'd like, I know very much how to put out a record and how to like run a career very successfully i think but i'm not here with this side it's you know if i could play as well as like isaiah or something and then like have this other knowledge like man screw everyone else like i'm good you know i like yeah, I, abs- I absolutely feel you on that i feel but it's like-, just like i can't like i haven't gotten like the homework over here you know and then i look back and i'm like man i wish i practiced my freshman year of college like ah you know but like yeah, that that's always been my internal quarrel is is like skipping over that step to get the because like this side is like real easy at the end of the day. Like it's it's easy to send emails, like it's easy to make calls. And like if you're if you're not are, are we are we cursing on here? We can curse a little bit. <laughs> I'll okay, like just if, bleep if, out any F words. If we're not like, you know, jackasses, like yeah. it's not hard to make friends and connections and like understand how like how this world works. But like to do this side, you know, it's not like, like this is hard. It's hard to sit there and, and practice and to make growth when it's not tangible. 
And like, yeah, that's it's very difficult. Super intangible, and you feel different yeah. ways about it at different times, especially things that you record or like you have a concrete document of something. Depending on what how it's mixed or how you or what day you're listening to it, you might feel a completely different way about it, and it's like super frustrating that that intangible and uh, and fluid process is not as easy as the the other side the business side of it and like is it as easy i don't know i feel like for some people and what i've heard quite often is that like it's not for some people it's not easy like they said anyone can send an email that's how i feel about it too i feel like it's really easy to sit down and go okay what do i need to do this week blah 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 and connect with the people that I need to connect with. And some people don't feel that way. So I don't know. Maybe it's like a rewiring or a wiring issue where for them the the homework that that of playing and 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 practicing and making the art art itself is the easy part and the business side is the hardest part. Yeah. And it's I don't know where I wish I lied. Mm-hmm. I take that back. I definitely am more happy that I'm here on this side than that side because um, there are so many things that I'm getting connected to working in a non-jazz space that yeah. would never have happened ever. And yeah. at the end of the day, there is, I think um, – I think there's room for jazz to exist in other capacities, but I think if I can get my act together with shedding and writing and that stuff, like these relationships and things I'm learning over here will outweigh if I could just play changes really, really, really well. Like, I think there's a ceiling there to a degree. And I think like from the other side, if I can get the playing together, like it has a better chance to get past that ceiling. Yeah, I mean, I also like have the hope and opinion that you also like you don't have to be the next, I don't know, uh, Clifford Brown or the or the modern version of that. Uh, but like the business acumen and the understanding how to market yourself and understanding how to build an audience and uh, produce a record are all things that don't that, that those don't go away because they apply to more than just jazz and there's so many people that don't that if you gave them chord changes would have no idea what to do but are like super successful oh or sorry success yeah uh i don't know success is relative but like super like i don't know they 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 they've gained ground in one area and i don't think that always goes around blowing changes you know yeah, and I, well, and I think like I'm a very big believer that the second that you be- think that you're like that you're the next Clifford Brown or whatever, like you've already lost, like yeah. that's it. You're, you're like you done. There is no more for you. You know, you like you're not going anywhere. But you know, I think the other thing too that it's like really taught me is, and like a huge bone I have to pick with academia now is that like they don't talk about like commercial viability. Yeah, this ever. side of it. No. Yeah. And so, you know, like when you, and I've, I mean, I've never gone to it, but like to my understanding, when you go to school for like commercial music or like songwriting or insert anything here popular is they talk about like when you come up with a song, like it's commercial viability and like, we don't ever cover that. No. And 
there's like, I mean, it's great. Like there's music to be written for artistic purposes. Like that's fine. This is fine and dandy, but also to a degree, like you can't not consider that. And then also complain to me about the lack of money that you make. Yeah. And so it's just like, it's, it's opened my perspective to, I think something different and the ways to approach things um, where everyone's like, you know, um, I wrote this suite. Like, it's great. Like, why am I only making $12? You know, like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's just like, it's great that someone can write this complicated thing in this uh, artistic endeavor. And you gotta like, please be creative by all means, like what you want to do. But also like we live in a, like it's a business. At the end end of the the day, day. if you, if you don't ever think of commercial viability, like that's, that's a thing, you know, and all of these people that I think, in my opinion, that are widely successful now with these more artistic endeavors had a portion of their life from one way or another that was more like commercially focused. Yeah. Whatever that may be. And it may have been that like, you know, Winton was more commercially focused because like he was a part of the jazz messengers and Blakey and like, it was like direct exposure. Like that's one way or like, you know, some people started it first where like they were playing standards, which is more easily relatable and going about it that way or, Mm -hmm. But you just like you have to consider that because I think, you know, like uh, part of me thinks that the whole coming out of the gate doing only original music is like a mistake. Yeah. Or like only doing original music and not taking into consideration like lengths of songs and like everything there. It makes me wonder, you know, like, I don't know. I I remember visit like very intensively having conversations with professors in, in school where they were where, you know, um, like our base professor, Ronnie Jordan, there was a conversation where he was like, you will dress nicely when you have a concert. Cause if you do not play well, at least you will look well. Like you're not yeah. going to get up there and look sad. And then also talking about like sets and like how to program music. And then that in combination with now thinking of like commercial world where you have to worry about radio, like yeah. actual radio that, that like does things radio and commercial songs which are much shorter and are like formulaic and commercial again commercial viability and like writing music that like possibly gets placed by someone like it just changes your perspective on everything like i don't want to go really put out some nine minute track like it's too much it's it's unnecessary you know who am i to do you know i don't need to do that you know like at least now i don't I need to grow an audience and put something out there that's worth something before that, as opposed to like throwing, you know, the kitchen sink at the wall. Like, yeah. How am I supposed to grow anything? You know? Yeah. I I mean, like I, so as I, when I released my last album, that was kind of how I felt towards the end of that promotion. Cause it was just like, these are all really, really long songs and there's an idea attached to it. And they're like, we have an audience in mind. There's not necessarily a wider spread digestible thing that was like, that can be sent out immediately. It was like, Oh, okay. Well I have these seven to nine minute tunes for original music that they have no idea what it is. There's no, there's not even like a buzz where they're like, Oh, I know this one thing. And that gives me access to the rest of it. So it's, it's, it's this interesting process where, it's like a lesson learned. Um, and even with the next one, it's still all original music, but like where, where art meets commerce 
thinking about the commerce more is something that I think a lot of us need to work on. Yeah, and those comments to just clarify were definitely not directed at you and or anyone in particular. No, 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 it's no, just no like, you're fine. You know, <laughs> it's just like I don't know. I started thinking it's getting terse here on extra musical yeah. guys. Where <laughs> it's um, it's it's also easier I think to do that stuff once you can account that you can get like the the famed saying in the industry like asses and seats. Yeah, you know because then at least you have someone who's like developed there but even that like you need to put stuff out there that gets people want to get there and then like don't change it all just throw in something throw in something like again like programming music like don't do an entire set of originals because everyone has a 20 second attention span if you lose it you're You're gone yeah yeah you're you're gone and i'm not saying that you have to do you know after you've gone in the way that they played it in the forties, like it's fine, you know, but also don't do after you've gone in a way that no one knows it's after you've gone, you know, whatever. Yeah. Find a happy medium to some way to make it your own and put something out there, you know, I'm thinking about, so that we, I have an upcoming recording like later this year for my octet and uh, I still have like four to five bullet points of arrangements. that I'm like, I don't know what to do with this because I know I don't want to do, I need to put not original music on. I need to cover some stuff, especially if it's going to be digital only. Like, yeah. 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 So outside of your, like, outside of the field, is there anything that you, like, it seems like your life is kind of engulfed in in this industry process and the, the, the getting the math together process. Is there anything outside of the field that, like, contributes to your daily life or to your artistic process or at least cleanses your palate as you go back in? Sure. I mean, I, um, so, like, my two escapes... Well, like my three escapes, if you will, like big ones are sports. Like I follow a lot of sports, oh, yeah. um, primarily like football, like maybe some college basketball, but like I follow a lot of, you know, like the whole like fantasy talking about sports, like all of like football heavily follow that. Um, uh, occasionally like video games, you know, that's kind of like the way that I still keep in, in touch with like friends from college and such. It's just a couple, you know, getting on playing a few nights a week. Um, and I'm now at a point to like being older where it's like actually a healthy balance of video games. I feel, you know, it's yeah, not, like, not two yeah, in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Well, still okay. Hold on. Like, there's definitely been, you know, some 1am, some <laughs> oh, on like a Friday, you know, but it's like, like, it's not like the, Oh, work's done at five. Like we're playing from six to two, you know, five days a week thing anymore. Like 
we had those times as a cut like high schoolers i feel you know oh but, yeah which if is I interesting too. as much as if i would have practiced as much as i played halo man i would be oh i'd be so much better at, joshua at redmond who i would yeah, be right. that man if i played if i played trumpet as much as i played video oh man Ooh. oh my gosh um and then the last thing that I've gotten like really, I've gotten really big into has been cooking. Cooking, and oh cool. Yeah, so I do that like a lot. I, I wish I did it more. I eat out a lot because of work, but like I like I cook a lot. It's like something that's that interests me. Um, like learning how to cook better and like learning how to cook stuff from scratch and like how to you know, try new ingredients and, and new recipes and, and like keeping track of my recipes and stuff like that. And, and it's just, you know, I don't know. It's like a mix of like, I've always enjoyed it, but then also like the belief that, you know, what I don't focus on now with food, I'm going to pay for in medicine later. Yeah. So oh, that's like a, yeah. Balancing the two of those things. Uh, so luckily one of the things that I'm really, really thankful for is that my wife who is super supportive of everything I do, I do, uh, cooks like the majority of the meals <laughs> one of my students it was maybe like three years ago and i'll never forget it i was like hey mr harvey like do you cook i was like occasionally like then what do you eat every day I'm like my wife cooks like oh so you just assign your wife that role like, i'll never so <laughs> i was like attacked oh my gosh uh so that that is something that i don't ever really have to think about like as a part of the day, like we talk about it, of course. And yeah. if like, if there's a, a day that I need to cook, usually it happens like once every two to three to four to five weeks. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like a terrible person. Uh, I so just like enjoy it for like the, the escape, like, yeah. the, like not having to do music, you know? That and I also like, feel like any good musician, like, also can cook. Like, no shame to you, but like all the great ones, I feel like have these stories of being like, yo, I got this, you know, like we got the hang, like we cook and like, you know. I can cook. I just don't cook. That's <laughs> fine. Like, That's cool. That's it's fine. Like, uh, <laughs> so, so what like recent recipe where you were like, this is, I can't believe I made this. This is great. I should like, make this, is this legit. all the time. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Shit. Okay, so like the three things lately that I've been like about, um, oh damn, the four things lately that I've been like about. <laughs> there was a uh, like I finally feel like I got a good grasp on like a chili recipe I like. I love chili, which is I killing kill a man for chili. Yeah, like I like I I started to realize like because I'd only have you know my parents' chili or whatnot. I realized I liked more like a Texas thing that has like less beans in it. Mm-hmm. That's more like meat forward, so that's been cool. Um, there's this dish that like, I think I write these down on my planner now. Cause I'm like obsessively trying to use this. Yeah. Uh, I'm cooking in the middle of this week where it was like, it's like chicken thighs and potatoes and then pepperoncinis. Oh, okay. And like in the oven roasting it and it kind of like brines the chicken in some oh. way. Yo, it, 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 it's, it's down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh. My I God. made, um, pozole for the first time which is like a mexican soup okay i've Um, I've never heard that before it's dope like definitely check it out like it's it's like you roast uh like i made green pozole or pozole verde excuse me which is like like poblanos and jalapenos and uh tomatillas like that's what it's based and like you basically roast those and then you know um 
not blanch them, uh, 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 food process, you know, combined into liquid, pour into like chicken broth, rip up the chicken, you know, whatever. Great soup. Uh, and then I've also gotten into like smoking meats. Which oh, been smoke, do you smoke cheeses too? No, I haven't gotten cheeses yet, but like brisket and like pork and oh. like chickens, like that was like, that to me was the king of like it all because I oh, enjoyed man. the whole waking up at like four in the morning and like no one's around and I'm just outside with the fire and nobody else and like wood and coffee. And it was like, whew, like that is, that's like my like escape, like everyone else believe you know i wish we were recording video because people would oh. see how i'm reacting to smoke meats oh my my Dude, my friend was, ryan yeah. started smoking his meats maybe like three or four years ago he got a meat smoker and he started smoking meats and cheeses and it made me i don't want it's not that i don't want to do that but like i love going to someone else who loves doing it yeah, yeah, and yeah. reaping the benefit it's like yeah, my yeah, friends yeah. who like who would bring uh venison jerky to like school as a child it's like i'm not getting up at three in the morning no, to go shoot no, no. this deer no, no but no, no, like no. you know yeah i'm gonna eat that jerky but there was like there was a part of it to where it was i don't know i think i have like this theme of appreciating like doing it the old school way in the sense like there was something nice about like gaining a relationship with like a butcher mm-hmm. like a like a butcher oh like did you hunt butcher no, 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 no. Oh, oh. Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. But like, I'm like a proper butcher to like go in and be like, "Hey, man, I need this." Like, like show me the cuts you got, and then like picking it, and then coming home and like, like splitting the wood, and then like doing it. Like, I didn't do the pellet smoker thing. Like, I did like the stick burner, like wood in there, and then like going through it. And so I don't know. It's just it happened. I mean, I also feel like I told talked to someone about it, and they're like, "Oh, you beat the like you beat the race," and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And they're like, "Well, every man by the age of thirty, like." either loves world war ii history or loves like smoking meats and so like <laughs> but i don't know I, I beat this statistic i don't yeah. love world oh my gosh my entire high school curriculum for some reason was like world war ii history i didn't learn anything about <laughs> anything else in history besides like civics and world war ii but smoking meats i mean maybe i'll just be a late bloomer like 32 yeah i mean but it's it's cool and like it's you know i don't know it's just it got it just got better i enjoy doing it and like you know trying to eat healthier and eat better and just like i don't know always i've just kind of enjoyed cooking for some reason and it and it worked out and here i am i guess well if you send me the recipe for the uh chili and what was the name of the soup the something pozole pozole verde uh, and, uh, and, uh, I'll like look up a, a smoking meats tutorial on YouTube and I'll include all of those in the show notes because <laughs> I mean, right, people, right. the whole, uh, not, not the whole point, but the point is like getting a detail into someone's, everyone's lives. And then like including different random things that like people, yeah, yeah, yeah. like not just it's music's great and creativity is great. But then also what do we do outside of that? That like brings us the center. That's not. Because what are we creating for if we're not experiencing other things, you know? Definitely. Like, how are you, like, you got to be a, a real person. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> it's just like if, if a businessman only talked about business, well, you know, I was looking at these figures. Like, all right, right. Jim, we're on a fishing trip. Shut the hell up, you know? Like, if not, like, you're going to do, you know, I, I feel like I had a professor that joked about it, like, in college, and he's like, 
look, man, you just wake up and you play two fives and then one day you die. Like that's, you know, yeah. like, like you don't want to be that guy, you know? Yeah. journal thing where you're being really really intent about it i'm yeah. not i have one and yeah. i was i was trying to keep it in a in a note uh like in uh, my i devices um but that wasn't working so i bought one like a physical one and i've been like notating the patterns that i'm practicing but i have not been notating days and like the thing and i feel like that's a lot more structured and kind of like i do dates dates times so, like, I just, like, very simply, you know, like, most often, because I'm lazy, it doesn't get past the warm-up. But it's, like, it'll be, like, warm-up, and it'll be, like, long tones, you know, like, whatever, January 16th. And then it'll be, like, long tones, 150, and then dash, and then, like, when I'm done, right down, you know, and then I'm on to the next thing. And it's just, like, like, I don't review it ever. The only purpose that I'm using it for as of right now is, like, either if, A, there was an exercise I was working on and, like, I wanted to see where I got to last time or like how yeah. fast I got it up to last time or something. Like I'll jot down like metronome markings or B to open it and be like, you lazy sack of, you know, like, yeah, you right. Yeah. Like a month. I yeah, need yeah. To, so I think, I think I'm kind of like 70% there where I just need to make sure I'm more meticulous about the, the dates and the times because metronome marking i mean that's my my whole process for learning patterns and stuff is is the metronome marking thing and then the keys thing so like i'm making a yeah. grid and i'm like can i do it and you know c g f d and a and, and then, uh, they're going real well but the other ones those metronome markings look like poop. but that's what i gotta get into like i never spent i like truly i never spent enough time like taking stuff around the cycle oh yeah and so like that's where like i'm kind of moving to now is like moving away from the idea of like transcribing always like a solo start to finish Mm -hmm. and just being like, "Mm, I'm going to take this line. All right. Down the cycle. You know, like I feel like it's a little bit more beneficial to me and it's a little bit more beneficial now as I'm gaining interest in some playing that's not like a traditional solo. Yeah. So it just fits a little bit better. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that's a more modern sound anyways, because I'll be like writing tunes that aren't bebop changes and then yeah. it's like, well, well, you practicing all this like bebop language that's the chord supposed to change every two beats or one measure, like doesn't really help you suit a lot if you can't like stay on one chord for eight bars and like make right. something sound cool. Right. Yeah. And then what I've been really adamant about is like I'm, you know, you can like see about like I like I have too many CDs and books, but like I've been very 
loosely adamant about like when I work not listening to Spotify, but instead I have like a like a like a stereo receiver and such. Oh, cool. And like I'll put on like CDs or records. And so that way like it goes like start to finish. And like it's all of one project and it's not me bouncing around and like I'm like I'm picking something with intent. And yeah. So like it's kind of it's not I wouldn't it's not enough to be what I'd call like active listening. But it's more active than passive listening because if not, like I'm very like I'm historically somebody who will find a song that I like, will like it on Spotify, and then will listen to it until it's in the ground. Just like that one song over that and over. over and over <laughs> and over. Like, so yeah, right here. Like if you if you were me and looking this way, that's my collection. I like. I'm really big about. If I really like an artist buying their CDs, because yeah. it's just like, what am I doing if I'm not supporting the other people with the same quote unquote problem as me? Where it's like we're we're trying to create this stuff, and we know what we know what drives it now is like mainly live performing and uh, and streams. Uh, mm-hmm. But like for the people, especially in the jazz world, we're not going to take the majority of the streams anyway. So like, right you. Like if I buy their CD, I know I could never stream their album enough to to make up for the amount that I, no. I bought that CD for. So I I still I do the same thing as you, where I listen to projects like up up and down one album, but I still listen. I listen to it in Apple Music after I've uploaded the thing. Yeah. Or even yeah, better, yeah. I buy their CD and I still stream it. <laughs> so, that I, so I'm like, you're getting streams from me, buddy. But I yeah. also have your CD. Yeah, and, and I mean, I don't like I don't take CDs into the car anymore because I just like. I don't know. It's just like, I don't want to leave them in the car, but it's just, you know, I'm, I'm with you there. And it helps that we have like this awesome, like used CD and bookstore, like down there, like it's the size of oh, a small cool. Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just like show up and like spend way too much money. Uh, Cause it'll be like, Oh, here's, you know, like I got like the village Vanguard sessions of Winton, like all seven discs for like six bucks. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like stuff like this, so you just grab it. And then I'll like send pictures to like friends when I see their records in there and be like, <laughs> yours is for sale, <laughs> you know? Um, but no, I mean, that's kind of, that was, I also enjoy reading liner notes. Like as lame as that it, you know, I still enjoy that. Um, there's also stuff on CDs that aren't like available on there. But now that you also say that my, like there are some people who <laughs> like, I always have this moment that it gets revisited whenever someone like brings up something similar where I'm like, man, I should buy like a Maria Schneider CD. Oh yeah. But like, I never get around to buying the Maria Schneider CD. Oh yeah. Because like, I've never heard, like I've never heard Maria Schneider because like she doesn't stream any of her stuff. No, not at all. So, but then like someone will be talking but like, I know obviously she's killing and like her music's killing and like everyone's in it. But then like, I'll be like, you know, I'll talk to Nick or some, or like this. And I'll be like, Oh man, like I need to go buy like, a Maria Schneider CD. And then like, I'll be like, Oh, I should do it. And then, you know, two months will go by and I'll be like, Oh, I never bought the Maria Schneider. So I had her library before I bought her CD. Don't kill me, Maria. All right. If you ever listen to this, which like small chance, <laughs> but uh, I had her library before I had bought her CDs because my um, professor had lent them to me to listen to. And anytime anyone had lent me a CD, I'm like, I'm downloading this to my computer right away. Um, so I like had those records, but then like, a couple years ago, maybe it was like 2015, 2016. It was 2016 because I, I just got my full-time job. And I was like, 
I have money. I should I should actually buy these CDs now. Uh, so Smart. the only one I don't have is Concert in the Garden. Or no, wait, I don't know if I have Sky Blue either. But I think those are the two that I don't have. But I like went in order and bought like a whole bunch of those records. And man, oh yeah, I get oh I, I get sad because I feel that like you're a large majority of jazz, especially younger jazz listeners too, who's like you know they're not buying records. So like if it's not on Spotify, it doesn't exist. Yeah, or it's just like I just don't think sometimes to buy. Like another cat, like two. Well, I got Songbook up there. Like that's a record that I listen to a lot by Kenny Garrett. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of Winton stuff because I like Winton. But I, um, uh, Brian Blade and like Fellowship Band. Like that's another guy that I like. I'm like obsessed with his writing and his orchestration and such. But like I just always forget to buy a record as opposed to just like streaming landmarks. Wait, is his is his library not streamable? No, it's 100% streamable, but okay. like, that's the kind of guy that'd be like, I'd like to support it, you know? Yeah, um, right. But I just never, I just never think of it. And it's, mm. you know, but I, I, I should, I definitely should, right. but I'm going to buy probably my $7 coffee instead tomorrow. And <laughs> I, oh. I mean, I don't know, maybe like, I'll, I'll probably get around that. To buy the CD, I want to buy the CD. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy the CD at some point. Definitely. When we hang up this, you, you should go buy the CD. Like I definitely go, have like Maria Schneider's website and Brian Blades open. Like now, my other right. <laughs> like as I click, I'm gonna yeah, maybe, add to cart. You know, right, yeah, yeah. I I had just pre-ordered uh, Chris Potter's upcoming album yesterday, and that's the most recent purchase. But like that doesn't come out for a couple weeks. So. Oh, now that's dedication. Like I've never pre-ordered a CD. Whoa. I always, Oh man, I always pre-order so that the day of I'm listening to the copy that I bought rather than, Oh man, yeah. that's some serious. Like, yeah, that's some serious dedication. Like I've never, I've never done that, but also I don't like, that's one of my biggest complaints nowadays actually is like my like discovery of music mode. Mm-hmm. Is like really bad. Oh, I don't really know a lot of like the younger cats that are putting stuff out, which is weird because I run a record label, but like I don't really keep up <laughs> with like when things are coming out until like they just show up. And like I wish that I was better about it because you know, like we'll go on for times and like people will be like, "Man, how have you not heard this song?" Like for oh, like this again. This is a pop song, but like the song by. Her and Daniel Caesar. Oh my gosh, uh, best, best part. part. Yeah. Dude, Sorry, I love that song so much. It's a song that I have, that is the song that I've probably played hundreds of thousands of times. And it deserves it. And it deserves it. But I didn't get obsessed with it until last year, and I didn't know it existed before 2022, and it's been oh out for five gosh, years. Oh my gosh, what? Right. Or yeah, like, okay. when I was in college, Kenny Garrett sang a song of song. Okay. My roommate would transcribe all the time. And I was kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. And then, like, you know, 2019 scrolls around and I transcribed the solo on trumpet. And I was, like, obsessed with it. And, like, I was playing it and my friend, like, wanted to throttle me because he was like, dude, I've been telling you to listen to this for freaking year. And it's just like, got to come around to it on your own accord. You know? I, but that's I feel like, like that part yeah. of my process, uh, I've I've always been, like, just, like, not the, not the discovery because – I feel like everyone discovers new things every day. 
right? So, right. like, you you might feel like you're behind the times, but everyone's behind the times on something. Uh, I definitely feel like I'm behind the times. But when it comes to, like, really, really listening to something over and over, it really helped when I had a CD player in my car. Like, I got my first, like, new car last year, and I don't have a CD player. And it's, like, crazy, because... Where do I put my CDs at? I know I sound like I'm 50 years old, but like no, that's, that's how I would like do a listen to a thing over and over and over. Chris Potter's Imaginary Cities, like I that's bought that album and then I like listened to it probably 90 times before I pulled it out. And then it was Kendrick Lamar's To Pin a Butterfly the same year. Like those two albums. Oh, and Adele's 23. That's it. That's all I listened to. Yo, Adele's so killing. And she's Kendrick so great. Yo, you know, so this killing. is. This is the second podcast episode uh, that we're recording, and uh, I've talked about Adele in both. Well, no, I've talked Adele. about Adele. Adele's been brought up in both. She's so killing. She's Extra so killing. Musical. Cats are sleeping on her. Adele fan ca- club. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't. I I feel like people who write off. If you're if you're a musician and you're not trying to be eclectic about it, and you only blah 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 blah, I get I get so tired about that, and I feel like it happens everywhere. And like I'm not hating on jazz people or uh rock people or rap people or country people i just feel like it just happens where you they people have their aesthetic and it's so part of their quote identity that anything else outside of that they're like nah f that and you're like it's music man like just enjoy yourself Mm -hmm. and i think the the more you know and this is definitely gonna sound like a shot at some people so here we go the more like that you get better at your craft and the more that like you yeah get better and associate yourself with better people like the less you care about that and like you see like the similarities across the board and like are open to comments from people like across genres and like musicians doing it it's like always the cats that are sad that that really get i think offended by those things I agree. I feel like Chris, when Christian McBride uh, was like, hey, I got to meet, oh my gosh, why am I just blanking on her name right now? Billie Eilish. Like, Christian McBride was like, hey, this is Billie Eilish. And I'm like, yeah, okay, so if he can be excited about it, we're allowed to be excited about it. Like, it's not. But, and Christian McBride is like one of the most like hip cats. Exactly. So many people. Yeah. So like, if he's if he's allowed to be excited about Ocean Eyes, so am I. You can't you can't come at me. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there's there's like tons of pop bands I, I'd check out at that point. Oh man, uh, my pop ruled my world until I was like 19. So like I didn't listen to jazz growing up. But anyways, oh see, I like turned 19 and I was like, Wynton Marcellus was born and jazz was created. Yeah. And then as I got older, it was like, oh, there was there are other people besides other... Jazz and Lincoln Center. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I I. I, I get what you mean before and before 19 it was like punk rock gospel <laughs> hip-hop and uh marching band that was that was my like musical experience yeah yeah you yeah, know i feel that now it's like getting more into like r&b and soul and funk and like how oh yeah those two like gospel and like how those interject you know come yeah. into it you know or checking out like some like i've been like hip to uh like i've been checking out a lot of like lena loeke stuff recently oh yeah like, african music and shit and like wait is he lot. african yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, hold on hold on let me like let me know i'm get so this. stupid oh 
I have a couple albums where that he's on. I just thought he was. I just I thought his name was Lionel Loki or Luki. No, no, he's West African. Oh West African. gosh! Oh, yeah, I yeah, feel he, so dumb. He attended the National Institute of Art in the Ivory Coast. Wow! And left Africa in 1994. His stuff's so killing, and like the way he understands rhythm and, and such, and like it's so like checking him out or, or checking out like Common, like yeah, that, like, big to Common. Um, yeah. D'Angelo. I mean, D'Angelo, of course. Like I was just talking about D'Angelo the other day. I, I was like, D'Angelo's I wish so I could take killing. take a, a 12 for what is it, his highest between uh, uh, between uh, Black Messiah and. I can't remember what other album the break was between, but it was like a 14-year break. And I was like, I wish I could take a 14-year break and come back just as good or even better, like, with music. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I think that was between, like, like Black Messiah and then, like, Voodoo was probably, yeah. like, the last album before that. And it's just like, he's so good. He's, he's so just good. so good. He's so <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link some of what we're talking about. Uh, for the suggested reading, listening. Uh, uh, we have suggested reading in recipes. We have suggested listening True. in uh, some albums, uh, some non, some jazz and some non-jazz albums. Because one of the things I didn't want to like put uh, extra musical as is it's not just a jazz podcast. It's a, we are, I'm a jazz artist, or at least I think of myself as a jazz artist. And uh, and if I, if Nicholas Pate never wants to come on the podcast, you know, I w- you can yell at me about that all you want. Come to the podcast podcast I, I love it um but like i i i feel like when we're listening we should expand our ears to more than outside our comfort circle and i'm gonna go listen to aziza after like later tonight that chris potter album that Lionel, uh not lionel Lionel is on yeah um is uh is there anything uh that you want the listeners to know about before we uh wrap it up for today no, I mean I'm good. You know, like I don't, I don't know. I'm um, I got nothing on the horizon. I mean, I, I have like some internal goals of when I want things getting out. You know, and when I want to start doing things. But it's like I can get the chops back in shape first before those those things start happening. So, um, that's kind of it. I'm consi- I'm can you know considering this my like years under a bridge. Yeah, your like bridge years. Rollins, my bridge years, yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. always think of them as Charlie Parker years. Yeah, yeah, like my Charlie Parker years or my bridge years, like, and it's just getting my, uh, you know, ish in order because I think, like, you really have, like, one, you know, not to say that you can't do it multiple times, but, like, you really got, like, one shot to, like, put yourself out there and, like, like kind of, like, that first time to where it can work at its best if you mm-hmm. do it and like if it if you don't hit that stride it's fine if you don't you know you might not but like then it's like a little bit more of like a slow climb so it's just like making sure we're there and then you know doing the doing the thing we all do calling who you know using what you can to pivot and and, and put yourself there so it's kind of like uh getting my things in order and just um knowing what i want well i'm really glad that you've in the meantime you know, built all this business in the meantime while you're like trying to hit that goal. You built this business acumen. You run a, in my opinion, a really great uh, jazz label. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I really I've admired Outside In's uh, the people who come to Outside In to to release their music. Obviously, think highly of the label and uh, you and Nick as a working team and 
Well, I mean, uh, yeah. So it's 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 great that you have that, and you can use that avenue to pivot to what you want to do when you go do it. So uh, it's been great to hear your thoughts on the industry, on uh, your efforts at creative production, and I am now like really hungry. I, I want facts. I facts. want some it's like, chili. It's trying to get a time. Oh, all right. Oh yeah. man. I'm gonna yeah. uh, when I hang up, I'm gonna probably go eat some peanut butter pretzels to hang me over till dinner. <laughs> but um yeah, uh thanks for coming on, Alan, and uh thanks to everyone else for listening. For sure. Yeah, all right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Extra Musical. Extra Musical is a Hidden Cinema Records production. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts and look out for future episodes. Bye for now.